0: Good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise Biz Bytes. I'm Roshan Karneson. It is Thursday, July 6th. And today we're going to talk about the ever exciting world of IEOs, that's Initial Exchange Offerings. Earlier this year, the Securities Commission registered two Initial Exchange Offering Operators, that's Capital DX and Pitch Platforms, to promote responsible innovation in the digital asset space. This represents a key area for businesses, or more, likely, or more importantly, an alternative area for businesses to raise funds. These two registered operators will be able to provide an alternative avenue for eligible companies to raise funds via the issuance of digital tokens in Malaysia and may raise up to a million ringgit from retail, sophisticated as well as angel investors. Of course, all of this are subject to the SE's guidelines on digital assets. Uh, let us know what you think about IEOs and digital tokens and whether you think this is going to be a great way for businesses to raise funds here in Malaysia, especially between the listing and early stages. You can get in touch with us on our U-Mobile WhatsApp number. That's 18 Now, without further ado, for more on IEOs, who it's suitable for and how it differs from other funding models, we have in the studio with us today, Selvarani Rasia, founder and CEO of KLDX or Capital DX, and as well as Kashminder Singh, co-founder of Pitchin. Uh, to the both of you, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Hi, hello.
0: Kash, um, you are no stranger to the show here, so I'm going to start with Rani. Um, Rani, before we dive in, uh, you were formerly Bursa Malaysia's Chief Commercial Officer. And before that, you had the role of Chief Regulatory Officer at the exchange as well. Um, what took you from the Stock Exchange of Malaysia to creating one of the two IEO uh, operators here?
2: Okay, thank you. You know, um, Through my uh, work at Bursa, right, I developed a very deep understanding of the capital markets as well as uh, the corporate landscape. And I noticed two issues. One is actually the funding gap for startups, uh, growth companies, as well as, you know, project financing. The regulators actually uh, put the funding for SMEs, right, uh, at $90 uh, as at uh, the year 2022. So this is indeed a huge addressable market. So through Capital DX, right, we aim to address in part uh, this funding gap. On the other hand, right, uh, I also saw the lack of access that investors had to private market assets, Now, private market assets are those which are not listed on a a, a public exchange like Bursa Malaysia, right? These are shares of private companies, private credit, private funds such as, you know, uh, PE, VC, as well as other alternative assets, you know, such as collectibles. Now, typically, these asset classes, right, are only available to institutional investors and very uh, high net worth individuals, right, given the large uh, investment that is required. Now, these assets obviously have a potential for higher returns. And through KLDX, right, we seek to bring these assets to investors in affordable sizes. Now, I have a very strong you know, innovation mindset and am eager to continue my contribution to the development of the capital markets in Malaysia. And through KLDX, we are bringing innovation to the capital market. The IEOs will be the first to bring to market right? uh, the use of blockchain technology on a regulated platform for fundraising and investment. This uh, innovation brings with it greater efficiency, lower cost, uh, more innovative products, as well as broader access for corporates and investors. And in doing so, what we are in fact doing is we are democratizing access for fundraising for corporates, as well as providing greater financial inclusion for investors. And in this respect, I must commend uh, the Securities Commission for its proactive uh, action that led to the uh, issuance of the uh, Digital Asset Guide, lines, which of course then enable the setting up of the IEO platforms.
0: Um, Cash, over to you. Uh, Pitchin is the country's biggest equity crowdfunding platform by funds raised. Um, How does this IEO expansion fit in or synergize with the long-term plans of the platform?
1: Yes, uh, so uh, you know that Pitchin, and I've said this before, Pitchin is actually on a mission to actually create a digital fundraising and investment hub. Uh, And uh, what IEO does is now it adds another a way for people to fundraise as well as investors to put their money in so over time i think what we want to create is a whole platform where investors can come or companies can come and raise funds and there will be various ways for them to raise funds as well as the investors will then have all kinds of access to the unlisted market so it's part of our vision to ultimately grow a, a, a platform that Give people multiple ways to invest as well as to raise funds. One stop shop for all your financing needs. Is it yes uh, so for, for for the unlisted market? Yes.
0: <laughs> so sub twenty million, you've got ECF, you've got uh, IOs up to one hundred million, um, but. You know, when we take a look at the funding landscape, um, there are already a variety of ways to raise funds for businesses, whether it's equity crowdfunding, P2P financing, or bank loans or IPOs, profits from businesses as Mm -hmm, well, mm -hmm. if you have a sustainable business. Uh, And of course, there's always the good old family and friends situation. Um, Tell us, what is the value proposition for businesses to raise funds through the issuance of digital tokens? Uh, Cash, can we start with you?
1: Sure. Uh, I think one thing that uh, has been spoken about for a long time I, uh, has been this, the use of blockchain technology. Uh, so it's an, a very exciting technology, smart contracts uh, that validate all kinds of transactions and all that. And we, this IEO is bringing that to the fundraising landscape. Right? So we will then have uh, another very, very efficient way uh, for companies to uh, create fundraising uh, projects, But I think one thing that I want to highlight uh, that's, that's quite maybe unique to the IEO landscape is that companies can then, uh, uh, when it comes to raising funds, you can go and raise funds for your capital needs, or, or uh, let's say on ECF. But IEO would be ideal for project-based fundraising uh, methods. right? So if you intend to actually create, uh, uh, you need funds for a particular project, an innovation-based project uh, that will be very useful and you don't want it to be, you know, uh, to be tied up into equity, then you could come and then you could raise money, particularly for that project. And that project's funding could then be tokenized and then investors can come and really be participating in that project rather than just the entire company's uh, equity.
0: That's quite interesting. Rani, um, the value proposition, anything you want to add to what uh, Cash said?
2: yeah, so, I think, you know, you know, when you look at the various modes of fundraising, right, every method obviously has its own advantages and disadvantages and other considerations, right? So, in that respect, businesses need to obviously carefully assess the options and evaluate what best meets your fundraising needs, right? Uh, as far as uh, KLDX is concerned, right we facilitate fundraising by a broad range of companies and through the use of a broad range of asset classes and as well as, you know, uh, a broad range of structures that can be used, right? So as Cash mentioned, right, uh, you know, you could also do project financing, but at the same time, right, at a primary level, right, companies can also do other forms of, you know, financing to actually, uh, to grow their businesses. Now, as far as KLDX is concerned, right, we are a one-stop centre and that's a strong proposition that we bring to the market. We provide what we call end-to- and services, right, for companies uh, that want to raise funds on the platform, right. So this simply means that, you know, it is very efficient, right, for companies to come and raise funds uh, on the platform. So in addition to that, right, we open up the access for investors, right, to actually uh, to, uh, to companies, you know, to access investors. No, one of the challenges for fundraising is always access to invest. And this is where, right, uh, we open up accesses to actually uh, in- investors both uh, domestically as well as internationally. And in addition to that, right, uh, unlike... Uh, public markets, right? Uh, you can do custom structures, right, uh, on the platform. Uh, so then that provides an opportunity, right, to be more innovative for companies, you know, with respect to the uh, fundraising that they do. And what is also important for companies when they raise funds is actually cost and time to market. Through the use of blockchain, right, as well as, you know, digitized processes, right, uh, we are actually able to provide uh, issuers with very efficient, uh, you know, uh, fundraising. Uh, compared to traditional methods, you know, which may be uh, more uh, manual based. And blockchain itself, right, actually provides a lot of confidence to investors because, as you know, right, uh, it records, you know, the, all of the transactions of the investors and which are actually immutable, which then obviously also protects, you know, investors as against issues such as, you know, tampering and fraud.
0: So what it sounds like is that we are marrying the... the um, a way to raise funds, which we would we're all familiar with through equity, uh, equity funding. Uh, but we're marrying that with the benefits of blockchain, right? So although crypto may come and go, the underlying technology is really what we're paying attention to. And this is one application that we are seeing come up. Now, I got more questions for the both of you uh, but we got to go into a short break before we can get into all of that. Today on Biz we're exploring IEOs that's initial exchange offerings who it's suitable for and how it differs from other funding methods with me in the studio is Celorani Rasia, founder and CEO of KLDX as well as Kashmin Singh co-founder of Pitch In. I'm Roshan Kanisen. Keep it at BFM 89.9 The Business Station. Binge friendly movies. BFM 89.9 The Business Station. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Khanasan, and today we're talking about IEOs, initial exchange offerings, who it's suitable for, and how it differs from other funding methods for businesses. In the studio with me to discuss this are Selvarani Rasia, founder and CEO of KLDX, as well as Kashminder Singh, co founder at Pitch In. So, Earlier, I think we helped kind of establish the value proposition um, for IEOs. Uh, But, you know, when we think about raising funds, there's always something to give back, right? So when you raise funds, you can typically either sell ownership in a company or borrow money in exchange for repayment plus interest. So either way, I'm giving up something in exchange for something. Um, When I use an IEO, what am I giving up to raise this money? Or phrase another way, what does an investor or buyer of my tokens get? Uh, Rani?
2: Right okay um, so at, uh, at capital dx right we facilitate uh, fundraising for companies to the issuance of uh, security tokens and uh, security tokens are actually a digital representation uh, of an you know underlying asset and that asset could either be a traditional asset or a non-traditional asset uh, such as you know it could be either a shares or fixed income uh, of funds, uh, it could also be alternative assets such as real estate. So a broad range of asset classes, right? So when in fact you know you uh, you buy a security token, you're you know buying the underlying asset. So what you get instead of you know a certificate, uh, you know or some kind of paper documents, right? Uh, you actually get digitized form of you know entries into your your account. So the rights that you get with respect to uh, the the asset that you're buying. Uh, would actually typically be set out in the offering documents, right, uh, that 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 would be given to you when you are subscribing uh, for the particular product. So the important thing to remember is that, you know, when you are actually uh, purchasing, right, a security token, you're actually buying the underlying asset. So for investors to assess to see whether, you know, it's a suitable form of investment, then the assessment will go into what exactly is the underlying asset.
0: So, Cash, um, anything you want to add to that before? I'm, I really want to get also a, an example in a bit, sure. but let's start with...
1: Yeah. Uh, I am going to actually start with an example. Perfect. Right? So so I think when you when you look at security tokens, right? so that's one, one kind of digital assets that we can use for IEO uh, offerings is a digital uh, security token. And a security token could then fractionalize an asset. Right? So to give you a concrete example, let's take a, a, a shipping company that wants to launch a cruise liner. Right. So you have an actual ship And instead of the company raising funds, the traditional way to issue shares in the company, the company could then look at this cruise liner and say, I am going to fractionalize this entire ship. One is you could fractionalize the entire ship's value or you could also fractionalize the revenue that is earned from the ship. Either way, it's a security and then the buyers or the investors will then get fractional tokens that will represent their interest in that. So that's one way. Uh, Another way... If you want me to move on, there is another way uh, that Pitchin will also be doing, which is utility tokens. So when it comes to utility tokens, these are digital assets that actually represent some service or some uh, form of uh, benefit that a holder of the token can get. So these again are are another way for for companies to raise funds. And in this case, they will then be putting their services, open up uh, instead of being paid for by cash, then the owners of those uh, utility tokens could then use them to pay so in that case then the use case would be then it's it's actually a programmable digital asset you have it and you already, and you can put in whatever innovations you want into it this is quite interesting so essentially um
0: I'm securitizing an asset, whatever it is in front of me, uh, fract- or I can fractionalize it. Yeah. And like how uh, an equity stake or shares represent ownership in the company, I'm buying ownership in a project, an asset, that sort of thing. Either the revenues that come from it or special benefits, which can be interesting depending on the business and the business use, right? Um now, the fact is, insurers may raise up to 100 million ringgit, uh, whether it's from retail, sophisticated or angel investors, uh, subject to, of course, the investment limits mm-hmm. provided in the SE's mm-hmm. guidelines uh, on digital assets. Now, this isn't a small sum of money um, and may not be for small or medium-sized businesses. Um, who is this funding avenue for? Rani?
2: Right. So, um at KLDX, right, uh, you know, actually we cater for uh, companies at various growth stages, in particular, of course, you know, those who are seeking to raise between 10 to 100 million. So obviously the platform is actually for larger uh, issuances, right, given the ability to be able to raise up to 100 million. So our platform is particularly suitable for companies that are already generating revenue and are looking to actually scale up their businesses or exploring merger and acquisition opportunities, uh, pre-IPO companies, mature businesses, Uh as well as companies that are actually looking to do uh, project financing, uh, in, including, right, PEVC funds, right? Um, so, there's a broad range, right, uh, of asset classes that can actually be brought on uh, to the platform. Uh, so, companies that are interested, actually, you know, in raising funds to the platform are most welcome to actually go on to our website, www.kldx.com, and reach out to us, and they're quite happy to have a chat uh, with interested companies,
1: Cash, 100 million, not a small amount of money? Yes, I I see this 100 million being uh, mentioned quite often, but I think a a bit of clarification is needed. 100 million is a maximum that Mm. you can raise. So it's not just for large companies. In fact, actually, the Securities Commission uh, guidelines actually say that the company can raise five times their paid up capital, right? So uh, if a company's paid up capital is 1 million, they can actually carry out an IEO project that raises 5 million. Right, so so there are
0: additional benchmarks in place. So there there. are
1: benchmarks in place. It's not just that any company can come and say, I want to raise a (laughs) hundred million. Right? So from that respect, IEOs are actually open to any company. You just have to raise the money that's according to your paid up capital. I think if you want me to, to say who is this suitable for, I think one thing to say is that it should be high growth companies. It should be a high growth company, companies that are growing fast, that needs to raise money quickly and efficiently. That's one. Another way is that companies that are going to launch innovation or very innovative projects, right? Tech-based projects. So it's very suitable for them because they can carve out that project, raise funds for that particular project, allow investors to come in to benefit from that particular project. So those are the kind of use cases that I think will be very good for uh, IEO projects. Sorry, now, I think
2: just as a matter yeah. of clarifications, right? Uh, interesting that you know uh, these examples have been given. Uh, But the ability to raise funds is actually 20 times shareholder's funds, right? So if you actually, you know, have uh, 5 million, you can obviously raise up to 100 million, right?
1: Yeah. So Uh, apologies, it is 20 times. Yeah, yeah, 20 times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not five times. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um, naturally, I think, uh, you know, there's a broad range, right, uh, of companies that that can come on. And because uh, through the use of blockchain, as I mentioned earlier, Uh, You can actually do custom structures, right? So they're very interesting asset classes that can be brought on. So, for example, right, even if you have things like intellectual property, right, uh, rights to those kind of intellectual property can also be the subject of fundraise. Where it can actually be tokenized, and people can then, you know, have rights to the revenue that comes, you know, from the use of, uh, you know, the intellectual property rights. So it lends itself to a, a broad range. But at the end of the day, right? Uh, any product must actually be able to provide returns to investors. So that is also the asset test.
0: <laughs> um, you know, when you, you, I think both of you have mentioned that the kind of security or asset you can use to back this it reminds me a lot of how banks always ask for some kind of collateral there. In the, in the sense that there's always something that they're backing their loan to you for. Um, so it's quite interesting. So basically we're allowing for a bit more flexibility and this ratio of one to 20 uh, so even a company with 5 million ringgit in paid up capital can raise a uh, substantial amount of funds to help them grow. So that gives it a little bit more of a niche holding class. Otherwise, uh, the, my next question would be like, okay, so the difference between this and going ECF, which can, I can raise up to 20 million ringgit, right? There are other venues and options out there for funding. So I think that helps address that there is a particular market for this. What should businesses know before they think about, before they start looking towards IEOs to raise funds? Rani?
2: Okay, so businesses must actually in the first place, you know, uh, be very clear about, you know, their own fundraising plans, mm. right? Uh, what sort of assets that they want to use and, you know, how much they want to raise, what exactly is, is, is their utilisation. Uh, and thereafter, right, they must understand what are the regulatory requirements and the eligibility criteria to be able to raise funds on the IEO platform. Uh, and these are actually already available, right? Uh, for example, if you go to KLDX platform, we do set out what are the basic requirements. So law actually, you know, through the digital asset guidelines does set out, you know, uh, some of the requirements. So for example, right, uh, companies that can raise funds uh, on uh, uh, KLDX or any of the IO platforms actually can only be Malaysian Incorporated. They must be Malaysian businesses. They must have at least two directors, you know, who are resident in Malaysia. They have to have actually, you know, a paid up capital or shareholders funds of about at least 500,000. And they need to bring some sort of, you know, uh, innovation, uh, innovative solution uh, or, you know, uh, they need to solve a particular problem or bring, bring some digital uh, proposition, right, to the marketplace. So that's actually at a very basic level. And every platform will have its own suitability assessment and and criteria. So as far as KLDX is concerned, uh, obviously, you know, we welcome companies to come and talk to us. Right. Uh, And then, you know, uh, we would obviously, uh, what do you call this, uh, assess, you know, their businesses and ascertain, right, whether uh, they are suitable for the purposes of fundraising. And so companies also need to be very clear, right, about what are their obligations, And what sort of investors, you know, uh, can they look forward to on the platform? And what is the ability of the platform to raise funds? So these are some of the questions, right, that they should be asking also, right, of the platform so that they can then also decide whether this is actually a suitable platform for them. So uh, at KLDX, we are quite happy, right, to engage with, uh, you know, uh, companies and provide the guidance that they need, right, in order for them to actually also determine whether raising funds on KLDX is actually the best uh, solution for them.
0: Rani, what's the traction been on your platform? it's been around since i think april this year correct
2: so you know we are seeing very good uh, response right uh, from uh, malaysian businesses that are looking to raise funds right uh, so we have built a pipeline uh, that comprises of a, a broad range of uh, businesses uh, ranging you know from um, healthcare to you know uh, technology to circular economy to uh, renewable energy right Uh, So uh, we are currently working on on bringing our our first few offerings uh, to the marketplace. At the same time, we've also been engaging with investors. uh, And we also see uh, uh, quite a good traction. Uh, we do see demand out there, right, uh, from investors, you know, for alternative uh, investments and uh, for, you know, asset diversification. So as I mentioned to you, our focus is private markets and we are bringing to investors, you know, private market assets. So I think, you know, we are seeing, you know, good traction, good interest in terms of, you know, uh, investors who want to actually in, in invest uh, in, in this kind of asset classes, both from the institutional investors as well as the uh, individual investors.
0: Um, You know, by the end of this year, how many issuances do we expect or what kind of timeline are you looking at for your first one?
2: Well, we we target to actually uh, bring in our first uh, issuance, right, uh, in the third quarter of this year. Uh, So obviously, from our perspective, we want to bring in, you know, uh, as many uh, as possible, (laughs) right? So uh, we believe that the traction, you know, uh, will grow, right, as we bring in, you know, our first product. And uh, we certainly work towards having, you know, several issuances by the end of the year.
0: Uh, Cash, from Pitchin's perspective, hmm. what should businesses be keeping an eye on before looking towards an IEO to raise funds, especially considering that you have other facilities as well? Sure.
1: Right. So we, we too, just like Rani, we always tell issuers, come and talk to us. Uh, in fact, we always say the first coffee is free. So <laughs> just come and sit down with us and talk to us and we can help them to understand whether they can raise funds through ECF, or whether they, they can use IEO. And I think when it comes to an IEO, I think some of the things that the company needs to be aware of also is that they would also then have to create a white paper. Right? So the, one of the requirements for an IEO project is to have a white paper, which is something that you're, you're familiar with for those who have done uh, fundraising on blockchains, uh, based uh, solutions out there, maybe out there globally and all that. So you need to have a white paper, and that will help, help you to also understand the tokenomics of your offering. Right. So it's mm. not just, I'm going to create an asset, I'm going to create a utility token, but how does it synergize with your business and how is it going to actually uh, uh, fit right into your business from various perspectives, including not just the, the issuance, but really the functioning of a business and all that. So based on that, we'll help them to understand and, and decide, is IEO more suitable or whether an ECF campaign is more suitable?
0: What's the take-up been like at Pitchin since uh, launch?
1: Well, IEO has been hot in the sense that people have been talking about it for quite some time. Uh, So yes, we too have received a lot of inquiries for an IO campaign. And I want to bring you back to the days, early days of ECF in 2015-2016. And I think we're going to see the same scenario play out. What we need to do is to create some market awareness, let people understand uh, what an IEO is all about. And so while we have a pipeline, we do have a pipeline of issuers that we are working on. Our aim is to bring one in the same time time frame mentioned by Rani in the third quarter of this year. We will hope to bring one um, issuer and then more will be lined up. They're, They're already lined up, but we will take them one by one. Because I think this industry will need a few, one by one, successful cases, then you will see the take up just like you saw in ECF in 2016, when it then grew and then today it's the de facto form of fundraising.
2: Yeah. So if I may just add on to what Cash is saying, right? I think building of that awareness is very important uh, for any new platform, right? Uh, so the focus on, you know, education for both the issuers uh, and investor is obviously, you know, uh, very important to have traction. So we're also glad to have this opportunity today <laughs> yes. uh, to talk about it. And uh, we hope that lots of people are listening and that they'll go on to our websites after this and, you know, find out more, you know, about the opportunities that we offer. And for investors, right, we obviously encourage them to come and open an account with us. Right. So when you open an account, obviously, you know, you'll also be updated on the upcoming products. And, and and the websites also actually provide an opportunity. There's lots of information in there, so it provides a lot of opportunity, right, for investors to actually learn and familiarise themselves.
0: Uh, Cash, any final comments before we wrap up to this session?
1: I, I just want to add that uh, I think uh, investors in Malaysia as well as companies should be happy. The IEO has come to Malaysia. Uh, we must, uh, echoing Rani, I think I want to come. Say that the Securities Commission in Malaysia is actually very forward-looking, right, and very, uh, uh, which i facilitative of new products. And IU is one new product that has come. Uh, we we have very good support from the Securities Commission. Uh, we have we are engaging them, and now the question is, let's get some good projects out mm. and let's get awareness out into the market.
0: Rani, any final comments before we wrap up?
2: I mean, we are very excited, right, about uh, you know the the, the innovation uh, that is being brought to the capital market. As you know, capital markets are ever evolving, right? So it's an interesting development for both the issuers as well as hmm. the investors, right? Issuers, is a new source of fundraise, and investors, a new asset class. Uh, and uh, I think all this is made possible because of the advent of technology as well as a very facilitative regulatory framework. Uh, we are actually, of course, you know, very grateful to the Securities Commission for all of the guidance, you know, uh, that we have received. And uh, actually, we have a very, very proactive and progressive regulator. So we will continue uh, to work with, with, of course, the SE and and the players in the capital markets to ensure that, you know, uh, the IEO platform (laughs) becomes a success.
0: All right. Uh, Both of you, thank you so much for your time today. I was speaking with Salvadorani Rasia, founder and CEO of KLDX, as well as Kashminder Singh, co-founder at Pitchin. Both are IEO operators here in Malaysia. If you miss any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. You can also find our shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other podcast players. Just look up Enterprise Biz Bytes. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the 1pm News Bulletin. Last year, thanks to the sales and service tax holiday, there were record car sales numbers. However, with the window now closed, will 2023 be a challenging year, especially as consumers grapple with rising cost of living pressures? We check in with Dato Francis Lee, CEO of Burma's Auto Burhard, for their strategy for growth, decompetition and. can they afford to ignore the EV segment. Catch that after the 1pm News Bulletin. I'm Russian Connison. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station.
2: You have been listening to a
0: podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of
2: the same kind, download the BFM app.